Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. Our main topic for this week, learning design. Hi. Ah, it's so good. Hi. We're back. How does it feel to be 100 episodes old? I feel very tired. <laughs> but excited to be here. And defying... an old, wise podcast right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, uh, thanks everyone who either joined us uh, live last week or, you know, sent us, tweeted at us or shared. Anyway, th- we got a lot of love. Yeah, and um, so cool. we want to we want to thank everyone who sent such love or just even thought about it even if you didn't send us anything but thought huh cool congratulations <laughs> guys or whatever um i felt it in a way i really did so thanks everyone it was great it was uh, one of those silly you know numbers that don't mean anything but it's a big round number we we got into our the three digits so it felt important in a way and uh i am really i'm really glad that um uh, and kevin kept doing this and keep doing this and um i'm happy i'm proud of this little side project we have here and uh i am very proud of the fact that uh, you know people tune in <laughs> and actually listen thank you thank you thank you thank you so much everyone no um <laughs> thank you <laughs> i don't know i don't know what else to say um yeah i mean this was great uh like i mentioned during that that episode um we started doing the podcast it was just rafa and i but it definitely seems like 100 episodes in uh it's not just the two of us anymore there's like this whole community and it was so great to have like a bunch of of you guys on the show with us um so yeah it was really awesome and thank you so much for listening uh before we move on to the actual show uh i also want to mention uh that listener alex uh binder 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 um (laughs) he got in touch with us uh on spectrum you can do that um spectrum.chat plug uh and uh when we talked about the imposter syndrome you know episode that was a couple of weeks ago um alex shared that he um he uses the headspace the meditation app mm-hmm. um like he used that space to teach uh you know to, to learn how to meditate and then i think he shared that he was a pretty negative person but ever since he got into headspace and meditating that really helped him like reframe the negative thoughts into more positive ones and that really helped him so um he recommends headspace i think we mentioned headspace uh before here on the show i know that i know i used it for a little while meditating was something that i thoroughly like enjoyed and um i actually did get to see the benefits which is sometimes it takes a while for you to actually realize the impact of something like a new habit or something but it was all around positive but for some reason it didn't stick like uh Right. I stopped doing it. Um, I don't know why. Maybe in, I never really got into like a, a habit. Uh, 
because my 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 morning routine kept changing and so anyway uh, all this to say that i have tried it i think it's positive and i liked it but for some reason i stopped um i know you yeah. use it as meditation well, right? is the sort of thing that sounds really esoteric and that like if you like start getting a bit into it like you'll you'll find that there are people that are almost religious about it, you know, like where it mm -hmm. seems like you're, they're almost part of a cult or something. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Like for me, it's not, <laughs> there's, there's nothing like specific. It didn't change my, my, my worldview or anything like that, or it didn't like change my life. Um, but it's, to me like it's time that i take for myself only and it might be, just be 10 minutes you know in a day mm -hmm. like can you dedicate 10 minutes to yourself every day like if you can't do that that says something about you right um and so i think like the act of taking that time um for myself is just kind of a positive thing like in and of itself that i want to be able to like take that that time quote unquote off and like be truly off and just like shut down my brain for 10 minutes. Um, and I think that's really positive and, and like kind of helps you sort of build that muscle. And then maybe you see changes like in the rest of your life. So either becoming more positive or something like that. Um, but you shouldn't start necessarily start meditating because you think it's going to like change everything all of a sudden because it, it really won't <laughs> at least that's my experience um but over time you'll kind of build these habits and that ability to focus on what's happening and what you have control over and kind of let go of the other stuff um so yeah i do i do meditate um almost every day so yeah nice also um quick plug i mentioned several times here on the show uh the running app the nike running club app um and i also mentioned the guided runs remember that um there was this once i was uh, flicking through like browsing through some guided runs and i i found a headspace nike collab run guided run hmm. so it was like two worlds colliding like yeah, the yeah. running and the meditation so it's like a guided run with andy from headspace nice which was it was kind of interesting like to run and instead of like listening to you know high tempo you know loud music to pump you up you listen to some sitar and andy andy let your thoughts also um other thing you can do if you have a google home uh, you can say, hey, Dingus, help me meditate, and Andy will be there Ooh, for you again. I didn't <laughs> know that. Yeah, tip. Really cool. Okay, and uh, with that, I think uh, it's all done for follow-up, so let's get into our the, the meat and bones of today's uh, episode. <laughs> what? Um, we struggle a little bit to find a good topic that we, like, we wanted to talk today. So, like, this is the, the thing that just fell a little bit, like, organically i guess like it was we were looking through our um our topic list and uh there's, there's this big topic and maybe it's because it's so big that we've been putting it off you know talking about it um because it feels so daunting um but because this is episode 101 hey um we thought like maybe let's talk about this which is learning design and this is a big topic, and there's a lot of things we can talk about, uh, you know, and still be on topic. But let's start um, by <laughs> maybe sharing, like, how did we 
got into design or how did we learn all the skills that we have right now? And most importantly, how do you teach design to someone? How did I learn design? Uh, that's kind of an interesting question because for me, it there was never a single point where it was like I made the conscious choice to learn how to be a designer. Um, but in fact, when I started, I didn't even know that that was a thing, let alone that this was something that like people were like could get paid for and could make make a living out of like i really had no idea um it was just something i was interested in um i was very curious like someone had shown me that there was this website where you could create your own website uh and it was mind-blowing to me that you could create something on a computer that could be seen by everyone in the entire world which seems kind of silly today right <laughs> because most of us do that multiple times a day uh this is normal but not back then really um which site was this i've been trying to find it again um it's not geocities but it was something that was very similar i think it might have been like a canadian ripoff of geocities or something like that <laughs> uh, but i can't yeah i don't think it's online anymore so i kind of like that's sort of how i started um so i guess you could say that i'm self-thought uh i hate that word <laughs> i just want to talk about how much i i dislike the word self-thought um because it's Why? not self-thought like it's like it, people have taught me for sure like i didn't learn everything on, <laughs> just like by magic on my own um i i learned stuff through um like videos on youtube through um books through talks through um conversations with with people like that is how i learned um so right for me it's it's more like a crowdsourced learning <laughs> No, I get it. it. I mean, I I understand why the word is like what the word is trying to say is that you didn't follow a traditional academic path. Right. So you didn't you didn't go to university or college or whatever yeah. to and and learn this. Yeah. In a so for for me, it was v much more of a transition than like a conscious thing of like I'm learning design. For me, it was just you know I'm exploring. I'm like kind of researching the things that I'm interested in. And then um, after I had learned all these things, I was like, well, I guess, yeah, I guess this is design. And at that point, like some people were interested in like me helping out with some of their projects, building some of their websites and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, well, I, I yeah, I guess I have learned these things. Um, but that means I never had like a clear uh, learning path of like okay what are the building pieces of like what makes up a designer like knowing about typography knowing about layout knowing about these kinds right. of things for me it's much more of a of a soup <laughs> than like clear <laughs> separation of like what do you learn first what do you learn next um, i'm really glad you went there because uh, i feel like that's a theme about uh, it's a theme with I don't want to say all because that's very dangerous, but with a lot, a lot, a lot of designers that I know um, is that early in their career or not even career, early in the days when they started dabbling in what we call like design work, um, it was something that they were not even aware that this was design work for a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, I guess 
even if you go to college to to learn design, like before you're there, <laughs> like you've dabbled into design as a thing. Um, so I don't think I know a single person that decided to study or pursue a career as a designer um, before having any kind of like contact and experience actually doing it. Um, which is why I want to go to the, this place where, in where I think design, it's something that it's very hard to teach. I think you are a designer if it's not necessarily that you are born with some sensibilities, but you acquire some sensibilities that you pursue like in, as it's just an instinct. You have an instinct to pursue some design, like, you know, balance in a composition or like, like colors, something that is, it's clear and, and like there's contrast and it's very, you know, there's balance like in the force, you know, because <laughs> we, we know when like a design is icky, even if you don't have the vocabulary and you don't have the, the skills to point out why something is not working. But you can tell when something just feels nice and, and, and it works well and when something doesn't. Wouldn't you would you do you agree with this or not really? Um yeah, I mean I kind of agree in that there's like a a designer spidey sense. <laughs> kind of that. Um some designers just have naturally and some others like kind of develop over time. Um uh, I think it is possible to Sorry, I yeah, I think I think you have to have that like desire to learn. Um but like as soon as you have that, then you can be taught everything else, like even if you don't really know them. But you have to have that kind of like spark in you that like really motivates you to want to learn these things because i've believe me like i've tried to show some people like like like, you know like you have something like have to design some slides or something like that like okay well i mean it's not that hard like i can give you like a couple tips and and things and some people like just like deeply do not want like anything to do with it um and so i think like you have to have some sort of interest but Beyond that, like, I think you can just, like, kind of learn and discover more things and just get better. absolutely. And be taught, like, the (laughs) principles of design. Because as much as we'd like to say that it's, like, a lot of it is, um, like, instinctive and it's, like, about, like, finding what feels right, uh, there are lots of rules in design. Like, even, like, graphic design or in, um, in visual design, like... it's not just like pure creativity. Like there's, there's a lot of easy things right. no, that no, no, is no. just like, well, this is ob- either objectively good or objectively bad. And here's why. And we can point out to what the reasons are. Right. No. And actually it is the fact that design is not a pure, you know, artistic and creativity realm, uh, you know, um, <laughs> uh, dark area of the of the force is one of the reasons why i i became so interested in it like i was studying computer science to be a programmer like a developer and um so it, that always mattered to me how something worked and behaved and, and felt uh, 
but I could never really put my finger on it, like what it was. I knew about designers and that they did UIs and how an app looks. But, <laughs> but like it was only when when I had this one course that kind of told me, oh, there there are rules and there are words for these things. Like why is a button the way it is and why does it go, uh, you know, quote unquote down and up when you press on press down and press like all of these like affordances and and all of these like terms that i was like oh this is great because turns out this is not magic there is logic there are you know rules and stuff that was one of the, the reasons why it was so appealing to me uh and then i realized oh this is a, this is a profession i could anywho but like the seed was there like i, I already cared about these type of things mm-hmm. and i think that is one thing that i feel again i'm trying to stay away from saying all designers but most designers that i know had something like this like they they cared before they realized it right yeah it's and i think another way to uh, to talk about that stuff is um talking about taste like i feel like Ooh. i keep referencing this video over and over again uh, but the gap, the gap by Ira Glass, um, and yes. that video basically talks about like how when you're starting out, um, your taste is really advanced, and that's why you like the thing. So, for into design, uh, the reason why you want to be a designer is because you've actually developed your taste by looking at things and like developing a good eye to see like what is good. Um, so that's your taste. Your taste is really high. Problem is your abilities are much lower because you don't have practice. Um, and so there's that gap between your taste and your skills. And that's why every time you work on something, you're not ha- really happy with it because your tastes are much high, higher and much better than your abilities. And so as you work more and more, um, hopefully you can close that gap um and have something that you can sort of be proud of um so that's kind of the gist and i think kind of what you're sort of referring to here uh, yes which is like that like something inside of you that like strives to do better to produce great stuff and and this is not like a cheap excuse for like and that's how you learn design. Like it turns out you can't. Uh, no, like there's a lot of learning that goes right after. And I, I'm just I'm just touching on like the genesis, the the core, the seed that starts it all. That is the one thing that I haven't seen or or believe that is something you can teach. That taste, that's that that spark, that 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 making you care that is something that i haven't seen anyone teach you could you could like point it out and maybe show it to someone like hey this is you know look at this beautiful work look at all these like look at all these people that do all this work and whatever whatever you can show and you can you know um throw just i mean i started with like steve jobs videos and stuff and like and, and just seeing steve jobs and all these people care so much about the experience and how something behaved and and like that was something that i never considered i felt it of course in in good well-designed products i felt that that like that that feel good that you get when you when you operate in and you know use a well-designed product uh, but i had never seen 
previously to to that. I had never seen really someone putting it in words and really showing it like caring so much about all this stuff. Of course, there was like these people existed before Steve Jobs, but I never had like I never seen it. I never it was never something that I that I even considered. So. Um, we can maybe we can talk about like the rest, but this could be a huge topic. I don't know if we're gonna split this in more. Um, more yeah, topics, one, one more aspect episodes. that's kind of interesting to me, and uh, like one of the the reasons why I'm thinking about this, um, is in the concept of like teaching someone else the stuff that I know. Um, so like as I grow in my career, um, I'm like leading more and more people and having. Um, like more people on my team with different types of skill sets. Um, and so I find myself like having to like take some, some things that I know and kind of teach them on to a team member. And then in return, I always like learn lots of things from my team member that like they have a different experience than I have. And that's why we work well together is we all have skills. Um, but, um, not having gone through like that traditional kind of design background means that like at the beginning it was a bit harder for me to know exactly like how do you even teach that stuff like <laughs> and i the places where it it was the hardest for me was um the more visual design type things where i'm just like you've got all the elements right like it's and and like ux type uh issues were way easier for me to point out because it's like okay well like this doesn't really make sense or like this is confusing when like this happens or like there's often like very clear reasons but then when you get into like this color maybe isn't the most pleasing and you're like okay like how do i like how do i tell someone like how do i deliver that feedback in a way that's useful and positive and in a way that they can take that and learn from it and so that they hopefully can do like better in the the rest of their work and it's surprisingly difficult to yeah. to be like well i mean i don't know you know it's like <laughs> uh the and an ex- a a good example so like it's hard for me to kind of give you an example of what i mean uh but um i'll i'll do my best you know when you <laughs> like say you make like a banner or something like that and then like you make it yellow um cuz it's like a warning banner or something like that um you can make something that's like very yellow like the yellow on the dot but that that tends to not look that good like yellows tend to look better when they're shifted a little bit more towards orange that have like a little bit of orange in them um so that's the kind of stuff that i was talking about it's like okay but why is that (laughs) are there rules are there are there ways that you can tell someone like oh yeah you must do that because this reason i was like i guess maybe warmer colors tend to be more pleasing but it's again that's not very easy right so but i have a question yeah in this in this example yeah um would this person like agree that 
this one way would look better than the other way or for like for this person it's the same and it's asking you to justify like explain why you think one is better than the other yeah i think it's more like i'm completely open I, like if you tell me to change it i will do that but like please tell me why <laughs> why that is um and i like i don't know like it's not necessarily saying that like maybe that person could be convinced but like i feel like it's not enough of of me to just say like well i don't think that yellow is like the best yellow you know <laughs> um so so yeah i think that's really tough um and and that example is is a really difficult one that i don't yeah. know if there is like a clear answer to um but in other aspects like it made me like going through that like thinking process of like okay why would i make that decision why would i approach this problem a certain way um and and thinking of like the the different pieces like okay well i would do this this way because like this has a better hierarchy okay why does it have a better hierarchy oh because there's a clear separation between the different sections okay why is there a clear separation because you have these borders and the text here is bigger okay why do we make the text bigger instead of making it bolder like going down like deeper and deeper um i i i find really made me a better designer because now i like truly understand the the backing of the rationale for why do something a certain way um and in some cases i'm kind of like well something might might feel off but i if i don't know how to explain it that means hey like you actually don't know the rules to like the the, the reason why you would do something a certain way and it like forced me to kind of like read up on a lot of that stuff like read up a bit more on color theory read up a bit more about like um you know different books on on design to kind of get that deeper understanding of something that maybe i did sort of instinctively um but but like having that deep knowledge like really helped me so yeah i don't know like teaching design is is really interesting and i i would love to talk to um you know people that are more in like the like uh like more ac academic type field of design like how are design schools evolving like i feel like we rarely hear from from that side um yeah. and it'd be super super interesting to hear more about that <laughs> i guess what i'm telling you here is this is not that's not what you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> learn in this show but maybe in the future episode um if we'll have someone that like is a really good uh, design teacher, it'd be really cool to get their perspective. Yeah. If you are that person, get in touch. And if you're not, but you know someone who is, uh, drop us the line. We would love to get in touch with people who do this for a living, actually like, teach design. Um, yeah. I mean, Rafa, you hmm. kind of taught design in a way with uh, Sketchcast. Would you consider it that way? Or... Is, uh, or would you view it more as like teaching the software to make the design? Yeah, I was, it was, I was teaching more the tool mm -hmm. sketch in this case. Um, but I did slip in some like, just why would this look better if you do it a certain way? But, uh, you know, I did my best, but it's, it's really, it's tricky. Uh, like <laughs> gladly no one called me out or like <laughs> really 
you know <laughs> i did a bad job i guess it wasn't i wasn't that terrible at it but uh i don't consider like i don't think i did a great job at that like teaching the design fundamentals and if i did like everything i shared was still something that i either had just learned um so i was just like passing on some knowledge that i just got because guess what sketchcast was also very early in my career so i didn't have like all the like buckets and buckets of wisdom to share um or to oh, sell yeah that's an uh, interesting point though i think a lot of people uh refrain from even trying to teach other people anything because they feel like they're not an expert yet um mm -hmm. and i think quite the opposite uh it's so much easier and so much better uh to teach people and share stuff with people when you're kind of in the middle of your journey when you went from not knowing about something and then like you just learned it that's the best way to teach it to someone else because you know exactly where they're coming from you know exactly what kind of questions they're going to have uh and you have that kind of like shared perspective of hey I've just went through this and I'm not going to know everything uh but here's what I learned like let me share that um and i i think more people should do that um so like that's a good point don't try to be an expert like you because you'll one you'll never be one but two like the the fact that you've just gone through this makes you a better teacher that's a good point so i guess that's why i managed to <laughs> do it i was very much <laughs> just learning all the stuff um so For me, the, the the best way to learn design in the beginning, and this is so cliche, so, you know, apologies, but it's just to do a crap ton of work. Just do so much stuff. Um, because you can learn a lot about anything, really, and every, anything and everything, uh, and really dive deep uh, into a specific topic and really get to know the ins and outs and why stuff kind of like you mentioned. Uh, and I think it's important to find a balance between dive deep into research and try to really understand and keep moving, you know, don't settle, don't stop on that one thing. Um, like I had in my, in my early, you know, the, the, the early days of my career, I, I, if I could go back, I would change some stuff. Um, especially the way I got and, and the way I acted on feedback. Because historically, like I've been, I, I always worked very isolated from especially other designers. Like my first job, I was the only designer. And my second job, I had a team of designers with like agencies. So I, mostly I worked alone on a project. Um, and then when I joined Netlify, I was the only product designer. You know, like I've been only always worked on smaller groups, uh, especially under the design department. Um, so like in the beginning, I just, you just have to do a lot of stuff and then like do everything that you have to do on, uh, at work. And when you're not at work, do anything else you can just <laughs> keep doing stuff. Because just the fact that you're doing more and more, like more and more times, you will get not only, uh, you not only will it be more comfortable with whatever tool you're using and tools are, you know, important to an extent but then they stop being important very early um so like the tools can get out of the way really fast which is good because if you're struggling with a tool you're just losing you know wasting time um and then just some stuff will some things will just stick like 
I remember distinctively, like the first time I realized that on big hero, like Heather's on, on websites, most of the time they had like huge blurry, like drop shadows <laughs> in the, in the Heather. And I remember that that day that I realized that, oh, that's why I look so much better. You know, <laughs> this huge blurry uh, shadow. Because I was struggling with contrast. Like like those t- small things, like I kept mm. doing it and doing it and doing it. And then I clicked that one thing. Like I realized that. I learned that. Like as a trick, something you can get by. And of course, I had to learn why did it work, right? Why is the drop shadow making a difference here? So you get that stuff. But it's those small wins that just you just build a repertoire like a like a, a tools set like uh, you know you just build all these skills that you just reuse later um and by that like by brute force it will you will become a better designer right yeah <laughs> um like all these we mentioned last last week uh, we had victor uh, listener victor on he's doing this this uh, five days a week type of challenge just to, you know that forces him to learn stuff and he's doing yeah, different stuff every time honestly so, he's so good at it like, i feel like it's yeah. almost a bad example like you don't have to be <laughs> this good to start a project because he's already amazing um and i'm sure he's gonna get like, even better um but yeah like you can start at the ground floor of just like this is the first time i ever opened a design tool let me start a challenge um and start at that like that's totally fine and you don't have yeah. to tell people <laughs> uh, you can just do <laughs> right. it on your own yeah. like we did our first five episodes of layout and didn't tell anybody um and and then we announced it you know so maybe maybe you do that or um <laughs> one thing i suggest sometimes is like um especially if you know you're just starting out like on dribble or something like that and people like that's something i discovered people are so worried about their what their first shot is going to be on dribble um and well, what I always tell people is it doesn't matter because nobody's following you. <laughs> like that's like there's like a built-in um built-in way to like make that work. Like you, it doesn't matter what your first where your first thing is gonna be, and it's probably gonna be your worst one, and it doesn't matter because nobody's gonna know about you, and then the only people who are then gonna follow you are gonna be people who at least like the first thing that you did, so it can only get go get better from there, right? Um, so yeah, definitely like setting yourself challenges, like posting often. Um, as much as I I said like you don't have to like worry about the entire world seeing your things because most likely they won't. Um, I think the act of kind of having it somewhere public is something that's good and that's positive uh, because just getting over that friction of sharing and putting it in front of people is going to make you better. It's going to make you feel more comfortable. You're going to build like a thicker skin, kind of like dealing with feedback, which is a skill that's going to be valuable to you for your entire career, no matter what you do. Like even if it's you change your mind, don't do design. Like dealing with feedback is so, something that you can apply everywhere. Yes, and I mentioned that if I could go back, that w- that was the one thing I would change is how I took feedback. Um, I didn't, I didn't take advantage of every work of all the work that I did early, early on, because uh, a lot of times I did something. Uh, let's say like this one landing page for this one client. So you do it. The client doesn't have any 
good or bad feedbacks like cool that works fine ship it uh you know send it their way and that is done and even though i did learn something just experience because i did that right um you always learn stuff exactly what we just mentioned um i feel like i could i could take more value out of it if i had better feedback uh now i mentioned that a lot of times i worked as the only designer like solo designer so um, a lot of feedback that i got was not very very useful but first every feedback is useful but still like i i if i could go back i would share my work with more designers and just try to get a little bit more feedback on stuff like tell me why some stuff doesn't feel right or like just look at this one thing and tell me your top three things that you like and top three things that you dislike. If I could get that in, with like a third of the work that I put out, that would be so more productive for me uh, in the early days as a designer. So even if you don't have like people in your team that you can share with and ask for feedback, hey, you can ask me for feedback. You can send me a DM on Twitter or an email saying, hey, I just did this. I didn't get a bit of feedback. I think, you know, this is how I feel about it. Do you have anything to say? And I can give you the, my top three things that I like and top three things I dislike. So Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I have people who message me all the time and ask me that, and I've never said no. <laughs> um, yeah. I, like, really like doing that stuff and helping people out. Um, sometimes I go even, like, a bit crazy. <laughs> um, and, like... <laughs> I've had, like, there's been moments where I've left, like, over 50 comments, uh, but because the person asked it. Uh, so, like, I will if as go in as much depth as you want. If it's something that, like, you put a lot of effort in, um, it's, like, I'm happy to, like, also put in a lot of effort into giving you, like, really good uh, critical feedback. And hopefully that, like, can help you, um, yeah, level up. All right, so yeah, let's let's keep going next week. I uh, still feel like you could explore this topic a little bit more in depth. Uh, so let us know what kind of things by you, I mean our listeners. <laughs> let us know what kind of things you would like us to to dive deep on and, and tackle, um, and we'll we'll do it next week. Okay, so uh, I have a side dish for this week. Uh, which I've been summoned by the people. <laughs> uh, I've had it's funny because it was last week, like right after we recorded. Um, I've mm-hmm. had this kind of like tweet storm. I was using Instagram, which is totally the best app ever. Uh, nope. I noticed that they had replaced the swipe up gesture by a view more <laughs> button. Uh, I was like, "What the hell is happening?" And I think that's kind of an interesting sort of design question, right? Um, so yeah, like the swipe up is definitely not the most innovative kind of gesture. Um, but I do think that it's so, it's become so key to Instagram, in my opinion. It's like, it's just part of the kind of culture sense in like the same way that the hashtag um, is part of Twitter, the at, the whatever is like, these things might be more complicated to like a new user, but I think that the fact that they're like so, um, I don't know, like that they're so integral to that specific medium really adds something. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like debating, having some questions on like, okay, like 
maybe maybe they did that because people on the iPhone 10 were like swiping up and then leaving the app, <laughs> which obviously would be terrible. Um, yeah. But it's like, how do you make that decision? Because I, I definitely see lots of very rational people saying, well, like if some percentage of Instagram users try to swipe up to go to the link and actually leave the app, then that's bad. And, and I mean, a button, it's hard to beat a button. Like the button is very clear and very easy to tap. So yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this? Like, is there like, should we go for the obvious solution all the time? Or is it okay sometimes to be like, well, you know what, this is, we know that this is maybe a bit more work than maybe it needs to, but there's something in the experience here that's that's lost if we just go with a button. I think in this case, uh, this the swipe up had um, a cultural impact, if I can call it that, that it's hard to measure, like <laughs> it's hard to get data on that. I don't I don't know how to how to frame this but let's say like if if you use a button or actually if you use a swipe up you lose 5% of swipe ups you know of interactions <laughs> <laughs> um and if you have a button you you're not going to lose that 5% but like 20 of those percent like they will still press the button and like it but their experience for those users is not going to be as good because they don't like it as much uh maybe they've gotten used to just saying swipe up and you may think that this is yeah it's so much more fun to say it's not swipe important up than to say yeah swipe up. up for more swipe up for options whatever like that is, it became part of the vocabulary of instagram and i think they didn't plan it really like yeah no <laughs> I, I can totally so. see they didn't yeah. plan and, for he, this. and you can't plan um, these things really right like they just happen so, but it's so it's kind of hard like to track this especially in the short term because uh you know how do you track oh these people enjoy it more because they're still pressing <laughs> it or swiping you know so you get yeah. the same data points um so is it like complaints on twitter is that a metric like you know how important is that uh <laughs> so i've registered my vote <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was you who made the change um so i can like i can totally see all the good reasons to justify either viewpoint, right? But I don't. I I still think we are underestimating the uh, the impact, the cultural impact of certain decisions. Mm-hmm. Like the the hashtag, like a pound sign. Is that the most affordable, <laughs> clear, explicit way to communicate a little tag, like what we now call hashtags, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that the best way to tag these little words and keywords? Heck no. <laughs> hell no like what is why why is a pound sign yeah. like what does that even mean why would you like they could use filter that, that so, out they could like separate separate the words so that like it's easier to read like there's a bunch of things you could do but i think we'd lose something by not having the hashtags anymore absolutely absolutely like exactly uh, and i know that the the, the the fact that it's just a pound sign is because Twitter back in the day was just SMS. So that's mm-hmm. one of the few, yeah. you know, characters. But just look at how many use, people, but- like when you show them that sign, okay, how many people will say pound and how many people will say hashtag? It depends on the age. I, I think it probably <laughs> depends on the age, but 
more and more people just say hashtag like you yeah. pull like the young like population i'd say probably 90 percent of them are gonna say hashtag and we tell them well the, this is called pound they'll be like no <laughs> this is hashtag you know <laughs> right. right um so yeah i think there there's something to be said there and i don't know how we measure that like and, and maybe it's just something we have to accept that it's an aspect of of design in a way that you cannot measure. Um, you know how we like design is a cycle and we just go through phases and like what we can't have is what we crave. So like now that everything is flat design, we're like, Oh, it's cuomorphism. Look at this. It looks awesome. Wow. You know, and like we always want what we don't have anyway. Um, like, I've always been a big uh, advocate for clear, you know, most affordable design and don't go crazy for the sake of looking cool and being different. If you mm-hmm. can make design for something that is efficient and clear for everyone. That is my, like, that's one of my main goals that define me as a designer. Um, but more and more, I've been interested in the fact like that, that the theory that you shouldn't, you should treat your users as very smart. <laughs> And I think Apple does this a lot of times. And we're like, they take they take risks that people will get it. So this right off the gate is not the most clear interaction, but people will get it. It's fine. Like just now with the swipe up um, on a iPhone 10 and stuff to go home, like it's a big, bold move. Would it be easier and more affordable if you just placed a digital home button in a center with mm. like some android phones did absolutely like that's the most obvious and, and it would be you know more clear that it was a clear obvious safe uh choice but they 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 take risks and like people will get it it's fine we trust that our users are intelligent and and they will get stuff um and guess what that's why apple keeps making trends right and everyone just follows like let's remove the headphone jack uh no because you know what people have headphones it's going to be hostile towards users they will they will hate your product because they can't use it and they're going to have to buy headphones or whatever and apple is like they will learn they will get it they will move on and then people just follow apple and follow these trends and i, I don't want to be i don't want to sound like an apple fanboy but this is true for other companies and other industries and whatever but it's like that is something that goes against one of my core principles as a designer but it's something that i i find so Mm -hmm. appealing of course for us designers you know this is a very tricky thing actually it's not that you design something and just trust that users will get it you have to design something that you know they will get it and you know it's a better interaction or whatever right so yeah uh, the thing with instagram swipe ups it's like you can do a lot of stuff to try to avoid that um iPhone 10, swipe from the bottom to quit the app and stuff. But it's like, in the end, I think Instagram, for this particular interaction, they should just trust that users will get it. And they have, get like, they, they got it, right? I don't know what, what the usage is there. I, maybe they have data that <laughs> half of the users <laughs> close the app. <laughs> and try to, um, I don't know. I don't know what the data points are, but um, it's something that I've been very curious yeah. um, about. On the topic of, of like Apple, there's this great video um, called The Grand Theory of Apple uh, by Polly Matter on YouTube. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it, it's well worth your time mm-hmm. if you're like at least a little bit interested in Apple. Or even if like you 
you don't get it. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why are these fanboys always t- talking about Apple? Um, I think this is a really great video that kind of addresses that of like Apple's kind of philosophy is well, one, the user is smart, but also they know better. <laughs> that like you don't know what you want we'll we'll tell you what you want um and so tell me what you that's but that's um a sort of a uh a way that like uh shields them from disruption a little bit because the like what the person says in the video is that um that's kind of a hypothesis right like i don't i don't think it's necessarily been proven but um that a lot of companies launch a thing that's very successful so they do like the first product really well and they do it right um but then the problem is that the more successful they get the more they start listening to their customers um which means that they they start refining and making things a little bit better a little bit better but they slowly get more and more irrelevant whereas like what apple does is like well we thank you for your opinion on what you'd like, <laughs> but uh, we're going to remove the headphone jack. <laughs> um, and that drives some people nuts. Uh, but it also um, kind of pushes things. It can forward. come off as arrogant a lot of times. Yeah. Right? I mean, and also like when you, when you announce it saying like that, that's courage. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, then the, like, that's not a good, yeah, word. you can't, you can't, like get away with not sounding arrogant um but yeah i think there there's i don't know there has to be something there um and i'm kind of curious to see like other companies explore that like how many other companies have that approach and like i it's one of these things where nobody at apple will will ever um be able to talk about that stuff or maybe they will but like years after it happened but like right who's the, the person who designed like the new um uh like swiping gestures for the iphone like who was tasked to design that and like what kind of pressure must it be like you know when you're when you're like changing <laughs> something that's so yeah. fundamental to the iphone um it's so easy to be paralyzed by like doing so much user research doing so much like looking at stats and all these things that like paralyze you from doing anything uh yet somehow they're just like this is good like let's go with it and people will will adapt um so yeah i don't know i think that's very interesting um and that's not to say that like user research is not useful or relevant or important like i 100 <laughs> percent. yes like, that's exactly what kevin is it, saying like all the time big proponent of it um uh, i just think that maybe there's something that we're missing like in the equation of like that really strong like opinionated design that sometimes like it's good to do research so that you kind of know what to expect, but sometimes you're like, you know what, it's gonna be a little harder for people at the beginning, but then they'll get used to it. And especially when you're talking about something like yeah. a phone that you use way too many times every day, uh, you get used to stuff really fast. I you know I think that's it. I think the the the, the weak point or what's lacking from our current user testing methods that we use is that it's very short term it's like try this 
what do you think? Let me record your first impressions. Let me act on them. And it's very hard, and for a lot of reasons. I'm not saying that like we're all to blame, but most is like you don't have the yeah. time. But it's it's something that we usually don't measure or don't test for the long term. Like we keep hitting on the iPhone thing, but like this 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 new home button uh, interaction is like the first time I tried. I was like, ah, I don't know. It's weird. I guess I no. I prefer the other one. But after ten days. You know, it's it's a very yeah. different story that I have mm-hmm. to tell, and and something that it's usually like I personally don't track. Like, hey, I'm I'm testing a new a new UI, completely new navigation of my product. Um, how do you feel about it? And person can say it's different. I hate it. All right, but now I'm going to force <laughs> you to use it for a month, and then in one month, how do you feel about it now? In one month, right? I'm going to force it's, you to use the old one. <laughs> <laughs> See how you like that, right? Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, <laughs> there, like there's also limits. Like how, no matter how good like your UX research process is, um, there are some limits to what you can do. Like for example, we we're doing some some stuff around like repeat purchases, um, and like how do you how do you do like user testing with someone uh, and have them go through more than one purchase so like repeat purchases uh but in the span of half an hour to an hour you know like that's not gonna be like real life because you don't like you rarely do two purchases back to back like one after the other like you'll do one purchase today and then you'll do one like two weeks later uh but it's just so imagine the scenario you just place an order on your new tesla and now you're ready to buy a house there you go um or even like since we're doing we're doing user testing obviously like we're not asking people to put in their real credit card um but the problem with that is because it's it's fake money basically (laughs) people like don't behave the same way during the checkout process because like they're not going to take time to double check the total right like because they don't care because it doesn't matter (laughs) um so there's a lot of things like this that like no matter how much you try and like there are things you can do to make that better but it's never going to be the full picture and so you kind of have to remember that like just like uh, data so like with a b tests and stuff like that user research also is like kind of one piece of the equation um and i think what i'm more and more arguing for is that this like opinionated vision of the world of the future is also one of these inputs that you should be trying throwing into the mix okay this was awesome uh should we move on to recommendations let's do it and uh, by the way disclaimer uh, google io is happening as we record so if you're like how come we didn't talk about this uh that just came out uh well this is why so if google announced something awesome uh we'll talk about it next week i guess yeah, uh, <laughs> had time to catch up on the announcements. Sorry. Yeah. So, all right, recommendations. You wanna you wanna get us started? Cool. Yeah, my recommendation this week is probably not the most um, <laughs> the the recommendation that's gonna blow people away, um, and it might be something that you heard about already. Um, but uh, I've I've just started listening to it a lot more, and it's uh, three six eight by Casey Neistat. 
Um, so he kind of used to do the daily vlogs. Then he stopped. Uh, he did try to do something with like the CNN and the Beam stuff, um, and that didn't seem like it really panned out. And so now he's back. He's doing a daily vlog again. It's called Three Six Eight. Um, and he at the same time he's sort of building this uh, really cool like creative space in New York uh, where like content creators youtubers podcasters can like go and like be surrounded with other creatives they can have the space where they can create um and the reason why i kind of got into it a bit more um uh, is because i really like this idea of like creating this sort of shared space for artists and and creators um and it's really cool to kind of see the progress of it like from day to day and how they're thinking about that stuff, how they're approaching it. Um, and um, one one thing that's been like kind of added to these new videos um, is this guy called Dan Mace, <laughs> uh, who's like, I think South African or something like that, uh, who's just like in the vlogs now. Uh, and this guy is really awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. They have like really good chemistry and it's like really cool to follow them and like i've watched uh some of his videos uh and they're they're really awesome too so um yeah like it's been going on for a while but now i'm kind of like more into it and really enjoying it so uh if you've if you've checked it out in the past and stopped watching then maybe give it another shot all right cool uh i have two quick recommendations there are two albums and they're Two albums that have been on repeat for the past week or so, uh, and they're "Dirty Computer" by Janelle Monae. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I hope um, mm-hmm. pretty cool, and also uh, "Good Things" by Leon Bridges. So, not a lot to say there. They're good albums, <laughs> and uh, I think this year is going to be crazy with new releases. Um, we're going to have Arctic Monkeys real soon. I'm really excited about that. Just by the fact that I know nothing about that album, uh, not even like a single, <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, Churches is releasing the full album uh, very shortly as well. Um, and dang it, there was a lot more. I don't remember now. But we have, um, anywho, uh, there's a lot of uh, good albums coming, and these are like my two new favorites. <laughs> um, nice. Links in the show notes. Yeah, I actually know. like both of these artists, but I haven't checked out those uh, those albums yet. So uh, we'll check that out. All right, and uh, I think that's it for this show. Uh, you can uh, continue the discussion uh, over at spectrum.chat. That's where we have all of our chats going on. Uh, if you're not into that, you can also follow us on the Twitters. We are at LayoutFM over there. I am at Rafa Hari, and Kevin is at VernalKick if you want to follow us individually. Uh, you can find the show notes for this show, so links to every video or recommendation or article that we mention. Uh, you can you can check that out at uh, our website, which is layout.fm. That's also where we have links to subscribe and all your podcast app choices. And uh, you have buttons and links over there to... You can buy stickers if you want to rock our um, cover art in your laptop or whatever. Um, speaking of stickers, we want to give a special shout out this week for uh, listener Alex Frangiamore. Uh, Alex is a long time, long time listener, and uh, he just bought some stickers. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. I thank you for your yes. very nice I email. I heard the cha-ching. Cha-ching. Um, <laughs> so, anywho. Uh, oh, uh, one thing I want to mention. 
So we're starting to run out of stickers, and Ooh. I don't know if we're gonna get more.、Um, so we have three packs that are left right now of our current inventory. So just gonna throw this out there:、uh, if you think you might be interested in stickers, do it as soon as possible because we might run out and we might not get others.、Uh, so, so there you go. You heard it here, <laughs> first and last. And we might do another batch in the future, right? But we have say, no like, like concrete plans right now, so maybe we're、correct. gonna do different stickers. May- we don't know. So、yeah. if you want our, maybe it's all all there's gonna have is、uh, Sharadingus. Yes, I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I don't oppose that idea.、Um, so anyway, if you want some layout、um, cover art stickers,、uh, get it now. Three packs left. Uh, and uh, on our website, you can also find、uh, links and more info if you want to sponsor our show. So if you have any like cool product, or if your team is hiring, or whatever, if you have a message for、uh, thousands of designers、uh, every week,、uh, you can sponsor this show if you want to. And、um, lastly, this show is part of Spec FM Network. So if you're looking for more shows to listen to, and、uh, some articles and、uh, insights on our on tech industry, I guess you can you can check out、um, uh, on their website at Spec FM. And、uh, with that, let's get into layout world. I caught up. So did you listen to? I'm up to date. I didn't listen to the conversation yet because、oh, I've、no. just finished. Well, because I did a I did a Westworld marathon. What do you mean marathon? <laughs> Season one? No. Well, it's just because I I <laughs> so I I watched the ep- episode number two last night, and then I watched episode three this morning. <laughs> That's not a marathon. I'm sorry. <laughs> well. Because it was like back to back. Because I wanted to be up to date for this show.、Okay. Because my week has been crazy. Even this week is like super busy.、Um, so I haven't been watching TV at all.、Um, so like, but I made a real effort to be up to date for for this. So, well, I appreciate that. Apologies. Thank you. I haven't I haven't listened to this last week's episode yet, but I will listen to it. I'm really excited to hear the conversation.、Uh, uh, but anywho,、enough. we can talk about this week's episode because I've seen it. All right, so let's let me just do a quick recap,、uh, just to like freshen okay, up our memory, because lots of stuff happened. Yes, so we st- the the episode、uh, starts with a look into Raj World, which is the first time we actually seen how a different park operates. I mean, we've seen like references and and props in robots or hosts from、uh, Samurai World. That's what we're calling it, an official name. <laughs> Um, and we we've seen the 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 tiger, so like we we know this world this park existed, but now we've seen it. I, I don't know if the official name is Raj World, but that's what I kept seeing online. So that's the word、yeah. I'm using.、Um, and we are、yeah. introduced to two new characters.、Um, half of them die. <laughs> 
does at, uh, very shortly after. Um, but we've seen this character, which I don't remember the name, This uh, the woman um, who who eventually gets attacked and hunted uh, by a tiger. Uh, but then she survives and, and, you know, she, she wakes up, uh, on the other side of the lake uh, on Westworld. And I, I assume that that tiger is the same tiger that we've seen on the previous show, previous episode. Okay. So I'm not sure that we can assume that. Well, I think that's a decoy that it's not the same timeline. Even if it's not the same timeline, it can be the same body, the same tiger. I mean, what are the chances uh, okay, that yeah, I guess. There's several tigers, oh, right? anyway i mean there has to be more than one no yeah yeah, but not all jump to a lake (laughs) right (laughs) and wash ashore on the other side anywho um (laughs) one thing that i've read somewhere probably read it um that this raj world is like it's like easy mode park if that makes sense yeah like all the storylines, yeah, because, you know, there are no stakes here. Like on Westworld, there are, you know, cam- like the, there are the outlaws and there are like shootings happening yeah. and stuff. Here it's like, yeah, on no. Out, you're- on Out West, what they were saying was uh, all you have to do on the Raj world is be racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, but, but it, was very, it was very interesting to see a different park, right? What, what do you think of this whole, of this whole section of the episode? the Raj world yeah. thing. I actually kind of like these characters. Um, cause like very different from, from what was happening with the others. Um, I thought that was a little weird that like she shot kind of the guy she almost had sex with mm-hmm. or she actually eventually did have sex with. Um, but yeah. So are we, are we confident that he's not a host? Yeah, no, I am. Here's a, here's a, the one theory that's floating around is that this character the 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 woman which I don't remember the name uh that she's like someone important um uh, at Delos mm. some people say that she might be the daughter of William uh, I don't know I'm not putting a lot of faith uh, a lot of chips on that on that bad but it's like cuz she seems yeah, like What's their evidence to back that up? <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of lines that I don't have handy to to reference but it's like she it looks like she really knew that park very well. She knew all about robots. She's not interested mm-hmm. in like having sex with hosts or whatever. She's like I'm done right. with that all that game. Um I think she mentioned somewhere the the other dude it was like do you have time to spare? Like, cause you're so busy, whatever. Like, are you taking a little break from your busy life and whatever? So it's like, it feel, it felt mm. like she knew the park very well. She knew the ins and outs. She knows exactly what kills a robot and doesn't, right? All this thing she knew, like the, sto- that, that wasn't part of the storyline. She, like, she was on top of everything that was happening. So right. Okay. That just like mm. gives some indication. Maybe she's like a top executive at Delos and maybe. She's the daughter of William because the ages kind of match. I don't know. Uh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting you know too much into this, but it's just just to to keep, to keep our listeners up to date with their Reddit theories, right? <laughs> so, anywho, um, again, it was fun. Uh, uh, this tiger was the very bad CGI. Jesus Christ, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, but anywho, I guess all the. Like Westworld is not a show heavy on CGI. It's very <laughs> like practical effects. But um anywho, um 
because it wasn't that distracting. So uh, what else? Um, then we, for a very brief period, we go to the current timeline, and where current Bernard is still with the rescue team, and they and he, they all meet up with uh, Tessa Thompson, which is a character I still don't remember the name. Um, yeah, but that, that lasts very, you know, very very short time because then we go back to the timeline and where Bernard and Tessa Thompson they're running away, <laughs> like the moments, the the aftermath of the, you know, hosts taking over a situation, and they find yep. uh, Abernathy because that's yeah, that was surprising to me. Yeah, I was like I thought it would take them forever to find him, but I was like, no, <laughs> it took them no time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. And so, so we know that Abernathy is—he was uploaded with a very thin storyline, which is basically I need to get on the train to board the train, and that's it. Like, there's no real mm-hmm. character there uploaded to him. So he's like, he's a mess as a. <laughs> as a host he just wants to get on a train because that's his only only mission and uh, eventually gets captured by the confederados or whatever and brought back to dolores which was it was very sweet i really liked the whole scene with dolores and abernathy um Mm -hmm. i do find that he's too glitchy for me like oh man but isn't that awesome like amazing performance by the actor yeah, yeah, I guess I guess it is. Um it's just like so over the top like do you have to make them like literally like physically glitchy <laughs> when they they're having bugs like I don't know. Uh, it's one of the few one of the few it, robot characteristics that these hosts have, right? Let, let them have it. <laughs> let them glitch a little bit. Um but but it's kind of funny how this scene like made um Dolores feel like for, for the first time, like appear human. Yes, and even you even know, her where, like, accent. First time she showed emotion. Even her accent went back to the sweet Dolores from right from from before. It was it was an amazing performance. It was great, and also it humanized quote unquote Dolores in a way that we Absolutely, haven't seen this yeah. season. So we've all seen. Yeah, the, and I feel like that that was the moment where for me Dolores kind of clicked a little bit more as a character of like okay like i kind of understand like what she's trying to do she feels like she's kind of losing everyone that like she kind of loved and that like she has all these memories these people are doing terrible things so i must like destroy them uh like okay like i i get that like i can't get behind that (laughs) and also uh i think it it put dolores on a on an equal playing field as mave because like yes so dolores with uh, abernathy her, her father father uh, which it's kind of weird because she also like she had a different father uh, i don't know if abernathy was the first host to play his dad uh, her dad but i don't know so uh, this is something that i am still trying to figure out and i'm i'm yeah. i don't know how you feel about this because it's like these hosts mave and dolores they're supposed to be woke like they're supposed to be on top of everything they they are they know exactly what they are who they are what they want to do all that stuff Mm -hmm. but they have these connections with certain hosts like that that seems so like irrational to me yeah exactly because both mave and dolores they know that the mave's daughter or 
uh, Abernathy, they know that they're not their dad or daughter. Like they know that they they are like their their robot that was programmed, like it was uploaded a narrative, and they were just playing that right, <laughs> like that role. Mm, so if yeah. they're so if they're so woke and they know this, how come they still can't like distance themselves from from these relationships which are fake? But then again, what is really a fake relationship? Like, what makes them... So anyway, it was <laughs> yeah, interesting. And, and yeah, yeah and, I love this And scene. to me also, like, when um, Dolores kind of changes her mind on the plan to go kind of rescue Abernathy, I was like, okay, like, she can, like, and she probably will make mistakes out of this sort of love for her father in a way that we had hadn't seen her do in the past and she was like very like on top like okay what's the most like Mm. rational logical decision for like world domination um but that was a case where she didn't and she took a bullet uh like because of that which was really interesting um okay uh just before we leave dolores um the the whole Dolores storyline. There's one last thing, which I don't know if you remember. Back in season one, when Teddy, this is like one of the, you know, last episodes. Teddy was explaining to I think that that one human that that guest uh, that eventually disappeared. We never heard back from her. Anyway, uh, like the, Teddy was was telling the whole like narrating the whole storyline with Wyatt, and, and there was like a couple flashbacks and stuff. Who's Wyatt? Wyatt is this character that is Dolores. That was the whole reveal at the end. Like, the the, the, the host that killed everyone back in the day. Remember that whole scene with the, with Arnold and stuff? Like, it's this, like, big villain of the park, which uh, then the reveal is that is, is Dolores. But Teddy said something, and I, God damn it, I wish I had this in front of me to actually, like, properly quote it, but it was something along the lines of, like Wyatt was this general that Teddy served along with, um, and then Wyatt got these crazy ideas, and he became delusional and all, and eventually, like Wyatt had to kill everyone, and Teddy, like, couldn't really follow Wyatt anymore and turned against him, and like now Teddy wants revenge and wants to kill Wyatt. That that was the whole narrative that Teddy was following. Mm-hmm. This big, like, why it was this general that I served, turned crazy, turned b- bad, now I'm trying to, you know, kill this person. Right. I never really thought too much about this, because w- w- after the whole reveal that why is the law But when she goes and sees, like, the general, uh, the general or something, she said, he asks her, like, who are you? And she's like, I'm Wyatt. When is this? Oh, yeah, 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 because yeah. she's telling the other Confederados thing. Why? Because that's the persona that Dolores is, like, God. Um, but then, I like, when I, when I read this whole thing back in season one, Teddy, like, it actually fits pretty well with, with what, what is happening right now, that mm. Teddy is following Wyatt. Wyatt is his general. Wyatt right. slash Dolores is getting these crazy ideas, is doing some crazy shit and then Teddy has the duty of stopping Wyatt and killing Wyatt which is very interesting uh, 
And I don't know if then Dolores, does this mean that Dolores is just following a script and this happened before? Or this was programmed? Does this mean is this just a loop and actually happened before? I don't, I don't believe this, but or, I don't know. Yeah. Kinda... Or this is like a weird altered timeline and like what we're actually seeing now is in the past. Holy And then crap, he's remembering Jesus. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the first season is actually like that part was actually in the future and they've all been reprogrammed like reset back to normal <laughs> so anywho there's there's a lot of stuff there i'm not ready to like take on any theories or whatever but it's interesting it's interesting these throwbacks um anywho yeah, um sure. so after that that was a re- that was a really good episode yeah a lot of action a lot of uh yeah lots of action like for me, it's it started getting into like okay, uh, all right, like this is where <laughs> this season is going. Like, yeah, yeah, shooting, finding people. out like interesting things. <laughs> oh, uh, um, one thing before we leave this whole um, storyline, um, uh, Bernard Bernard uh, is hacking into uh, Abernathy, trying to see what the deal is, what's going on, and um, there's this Bernard like access denied. Always terrible. <laughs> yeah. But that like this is there's an access denied, whatever, whatever, like <laughs> it's just like press the button again <laughs> until it works. But so but did you did you notice that so you guess a lot of a lot of like red errors, red messages, and then there's one yellow which is which yeah. said uh, I didn't I didn't catch it the first time I saw it, but then I saw a, a screen grab on Reddit, uh, <laughs> uh which said like use one time code or whatever to unlock or to decode yeah so it's like it's it's almost as bernard was the key to decrypt this thing and now there are theories that says that bernard now has that information so in the future that like six weeks after or whatever or six days bernard has the the data that they're after and so that's why they put him on a loop or whatever to try to extract that data. I don't know. It's just a very still foggy theory, but hmm. there's something going on here. I don't know. I mean, maybe? <laughs> it's It seems like a bit of a stretch to me. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I can see um, that. Yeah. There was also like um, something like when he used the one-time key to access Abernathy, mm-hmm. um, there's like the file name like p dot aber underscore p a five five three n six three r dot key which basically looks like passenger mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm not sure what this means but this is i i that can't be like a coincidence so i saw that but i then i also saw someone point out that that could very well be the name of this very thin narrative that was uploaded to Abernathy, which the whole thing is that he's a passenger on the train. So maybe that's uh, it. Is, is okay. this narrative Wait, like but, he's the passenger? But no, because that's the name. That's that's the name of the the big file in Abernathy, or or yeah, in Abernathy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, but I don't know. Like some people's theory was that like someone is is stored inside Abernathy's body. Mm-hmm. Um 
because like they talk about like a vastly bigger file and everything which would kind of make sense because abernathy is like on a small loop um whereas like this would be like a full-fledged kind of character person thing so i don't know let's so we can see, I guess. I don't have any yeah. strong I think that's a theory. promising theory. <laughs> All right, let's 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 uh, check back next week, see if it still holds up. <laughs> yeah, let's see. <laughs> um, um okay. All right. the, another storyline that I guess the only missing is is the 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 power trio of Maeve, uh, Hector and Lee. Is that his name? I think so. Um, they find the two. So bad with names. <laughs> they find the two engineers or scientists or whatever that from season one, the ones that helped Maeve be woke. <laughs> um, it was good. I mean, I love Maeve. They didn't do much. So, yeah, so awesome. Maeve's a boss. Um, I think <laughs> I love this the the scene where he's like, uh, "Wait, you guys can't be in love." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You you don't control us. <laughs> So it's like no 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 you're you're programmed to be in love with this other girl and then he repeats <laughs> back like, his lines like that was yeah that's and then Maeve was like too bad we like I don't know we fucked like this other time or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the guy's like what, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what wait, how <laughs> um so then <laughs> they find awesome. uh the dragon lady the lady with a dragon tattoo from season one um, yeah. With a freaking flamethrower, like she couldn't be more. I thought she couldn't be more. <laughs> like badass. she has a dragon. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like if there's if there's a, a group of people out of the all of these like small groups of characters that we've seen in this season, if I had to choose one to hang out with, like this would be the one. Like, I, <laughs> they are very badass. They're all very like Hector yeah. is badass. Maeve is like the boss. Now they have a freaking yeah. dragon. Like it's amazing trio. <laughs> and I think it's so funny. The the whole interactions with Lee and Hector and Maeve is is so funny. So anywho, they they find the the guys from uh, Ghost Nation. The um and uh and, the, and Maeve can't control them, which is very interesting. Uh, and they want yeah. Lee. Apparently, that's what they're after. Um, I've seen. Yeah. Why do you think they want him? So another theory I've read somewhere is that they actually want to. So they're not hostile. So they want to actually save the guests because we've seen <laughs> seriously because we've seen them take. Um, What's her name? The character, the cool, like the, the that woman from season one that worked closely with Bernard. Oh yeah, I yeah, forget what her name. Her? She got taken by the by the Ghost Nation dudes. Um, ah, okay. The the Ghost Nation dudes also also took um, crap. Me and names. The guy from the rescue team from the beginning, like the. Uh, head of security or whatever in the park remember mm-hmm. and he kind of disappeared yeah, yeah i mean i'm not gonna be able to name the names because i'm even worse <laughs> right <that>. so <laughs> basically yeah, no like we've seen them take some people and we just assume they're hostile but actually mm-hmm. we haven't seen them like do anything bad and most of the characters right. that they, they took they got back eventually so like they're safe so mm-hmm. it doesn't well maybe the guy doesn't know um what's his name the guy that they want to take Lee? Because he's like, he doesn't want to go with them. Right, 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 right. Uh, and it seems like if 
he saw maybe an opportunity to like be safe mm. <laughs> be safer than be with Maeve uh maybe he would have taken it okay so no yeah, yeah 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 I mean uh, Ford has all types of secrets in the park but no I like I like what you're saying like if this was a thing program that these are like the the, the guests rescue team <laughs> um then I guess he would know but yeah I don't know it's just something that is just like we haven't actually seen them being hostile towards the guests yeah yeah and that's a really good point and they uh, only I want to leave know, so yeah, why they want him and they're kind of chill right they didn't run after them they're just like oh right. come on don't run come here <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. and then at, right at the end of the show we see them uh they meet some very hostiles this time uh samurais like the um someone charging them with, with a freaking sword so and that's and that's how he ends so oof. That was a show. That was an episode. I think that's like the recap. Um. Wait, didn't we miss a part? Yeah, we missed... Um, what did uh, we miss? Oh, maybe not. No, I... No, okay, I Stubs. think you're right. It's just that, like, I'm I'm looking... I'm scrolling through, like, this these images, basically, of, like, everything that happened, episode three recap. Mm. But it's... We went in order of, like, we went through, like, an entire timeline... <laughs> Right, right, right. Because if we go back and forth, yeah, it would take a while. Yeah. (laughs) So, anywho, Um, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts. So, I have one theory that I can't, I can't let go. (laughs) Okay. And it's very out there, right? So, it's a stretch. All right. So, uh, (laughs) I I ask of you to take a leap with me and indulge me for one second. So, okay. Remember how we mentioned in episode one we're discussing episode one and i mentioned that oh uh bernard is like on this loop this happened like mm-hmm. this is not the first time we've seen this and yeah. uh, maybe this was something set up by the rescue team or whatever to extract information whatever 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 because bernard is mm-hmm. uh very different in there he's not shaking he seems like he has no idea what's going on ever everything like <laughs> yeah. looks weird to him yeah he doesn't talk much like people just keep asking questions and yeah. he doesn't really say anything and it's, yeah and it seems like even in this episode right like um they were like so um i forget what she says but um she asked him again like hey would you have like any information that would help us like it seems like they keep bringing right. that up at different points right all the time right so, and, and there's another thing that I think Reddit picked up on, but I haven't checked if this is actually true. But they say that uh, Bernard has a scar in the neck because the, uh, like the whole attack on him that made him all glitchy and stuff. And uh, he doesn't have that scar in that scene in the beach. So maybe it's a different mm. body? I don't know. So, all right, here's my theory. You know how Dolores is trying to kill everyone, pretty much. Like war, mm-hmm. and we're going to kill them all. Yep. And Dolores is uh, searching for this one weapon. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of uh, episode one, Bernard says, I killed them all. My theory mm-hmm. is that the Bernard that we've seen on the beach is Dolores in Bernard's <laughs> body. It would make sense if we believe that Dolores killed them all. So bernard slash dolores admits that it also made sense like dolores wakes up in that body or whatever and it has no idea what's going on and she doesn't really like has memory of what happened 
Um, the whole flashbacks thing, I don't know. I don't know how to justify that. Maybe it's like it's 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 like there are some memories stored in that body, and like there's some conflict. I don't know. Um, I just it's just a theory that it's crazy enough to be a big reveal at the end of the season, but it's also like plausible enough given what we've seen uh, with this show Hmm. that I think it's, it, it it could happen, you know, like it's not that, that crazy. (laughs) So are we saying that like she's been put in his body by someone else or that she's voluntarily put herself in his body? I have no idea because she thinks that that might be the best way to survive. I have no idea. Yeah, because I'm not sure. Because assuming that she killed everybody else, it seemed like you'd need another person to perform this like this switch. Right, and maybe there was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just having a hard time like getting the motive. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The motive's not there for me yet. With that like, I just, it's just, it's just... To be honest, I, the, the reason why I like this so much is because I want to see that happening. You know, like I, that would be a cool <laughs> twist that I would like to see. Um, yeah, that's because that's that's be cool. that's the one thing. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen in Westworld yet like different consciousness being uploaded in different bodies. So the same character in different bodies. I don't think right. we've seen I mean, this yet. Yeah, like I I think we kind of know that uh, the body is replaceable. <laughs> right. like that well uh, they fix you up and but there doesn't seem to be anything like you could chop an arm off you could chop like different things off and then just you know like uh, put another piece here and there and then like reboot it and everything's gonna be fine um so it seems to me like the only reason they look the same is because they want to make them look the same because that's just like the they don't want characters that look the same. Also, right? they, it's expensive want, to come up with new designs. They want people to be like, you're this person, so like, we're not going to make you look like someone different. We're going to make you look like you're who you're supposed to be. Um, but yeah, also, that, it, that seems very possible to me that they could just transfer uh, bodies with people. And it's also kind of possible, I think, in a way that there are some memories left in, in the actual bodies somehow, mm-hmm, somewhere. Mm-hmm um because it's one, also because maybe it's not an accident because, like Sorry. go ahead right well one because um uh, well they're not supposed to remember past storylines and they still do right. so <laughs> if that's possible then everything else is possible but two i also think that you know how you have like reflexes and stuff like that like i'm sure there has to be some kind of storage somewhere in the body that could probably like remember certain certain mm-hmm. feelings and certain things and so maybe these two things coupled together means that like these emotions or these feelings kind of uh, and memories come back also uh, a you, big you uh, a big uh, like emphasis of episode one this whole season is like this new concept of oh in their brains they have this like mind eggs that store and capture everything the light bulbs right <laughs> So it's like, uh, hint, hint, now this is important, something that we completely omit, omitted from last season, but, huh? Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, it's right. portable, <laughs> like, you can take this out of a body, huh? Because it's just a body and do something with this, uh, I don't know. Um, also, yeah. it wouldn't invalidate 
the the whole theory that that scene in the beach is a loop. It could also happen. Maybe she's mm-hmm. stuck in a forced loop narrative to anyway, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh we're going Yeah. I think the only thing you're missing is a motive. Right. Like, why would that happen? Right, yeah. Well because like everything else seems like it's plausible, like it could make sense. I could see it happening. I just don't know why. Maybe the motive like, from is a story not standpoint, not like from why her, would you do is, that? Maybe someone else had a motive and someone else put it put her in that body. Yeah. I don't know. Anywho, that's it. It was a good episode. All right. Well, looking forward to next week's episode. I think it's like definitely picking up steam, getting more and more interesting, more and more mysterious. So, um, yeah. Cool. All right. 